you remember last week I started sharing with you about the, the, the five-year vision, mission, uh, ministry side of our church and, and how it's all centering around intergenerational ministry. And so we're going to unpack that a little bit further. Today we're getting into more of the logistical side of it. Last week I laid down the principles, the paradigm, the biblical side of that concept and today we're going to look more on the practical side of it, the how-to. How are we going to make this happen? How are we going to make this come alive? Um, as I said in our creative team meeting yesterday, I said it's one thing to sit around the table and throw out ideas. It's something else entirely different to make it happen. Well, this is the make it happen side of, of this vision. And um, so we're going to be sharing this with you for the next uh, three Sundays and taking questions and responses and I'll be honest with you, don't have all the, we don't have questions for every, or answers for every question. Um, we're just, you know, a lot of this is walking by faith, going in the direction that I feel the Lord is leading me to lead this church. And, um, and just let me say this, you know, I, I try not to lead like a dictator. I try to be a good leader and get buy-in and get ownership spread out throughout the entire uh, organization. But at some point... In every ministry, there's got to be somebody that says, this is the way we're going. And um, when Joshua, when God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. That's a declarative, get real statement. He's dead. Now rise up, three days, you're leading these people across the Jordan. Um, and at the end of the day, Joshua had to convey that to the people, and they followed his lead. Now, I guess I want to say in that, God spoke to Joshua. God encouraged Joshua's heart. Joshua then, in turn, encouraged the people. At the latter part of Joshua, chapter number 1, you'll see where the people then encouraged Joshua. So there's a threefold encouragement in Joshua chapter 1. I'm not even going to preach that or unpack it at all other than let you know that. And here's the, the statement that I would like to share with that. Anything with two heads is a freak. Would you agree? If your puppies have, if your dogs have puppies and one of them comes out with two heads, you're immediately going to call somebody the news and Ripley's Believe It or Not or whatever because that is a freaky thing. Guys, you know the same thing applies to our families. There's only one head of the family, and God, in his sovereignty, placed the man as the head of the household. And even in a, a church, there's only one head, and uh, there's only one under-shepherd, and that's the direction we go, okay? So anyhow, uh, I've got, I just want you to know that this is not something that I came up with because I ate some bad chili um, two weeks ago or three weeks ago. This has been burning in my heart and in my spirit for well over a year uh, and just kind of everything coming into focus, and you'll understand that in just a moment. So I want you to know that my best interest in the direction that I am trying to lead our church uh, is, is not necessarily just in the interest of myself. It's in the overall interest of the church family, okay? If you remember last week, I shared with you that we as a church, not only must we equip the family, but we must what? Serve as a family, Hello? Remember that? Not only is our role to equip the family, but our role also is to serve as a family. And there's many different metaphors and um, illustrations in Scripture that bring that to light where we're to call the, uh, or we're to reverence the older as fathers and mothers and 
and those our age as brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and so the whole concept of family is in, uh, in Scripture, even transferring into the local New Testament church. So, so with that being said, let's look at page number 12. Let me share with you uh, some of my objectives. Some of what you have before you is what I printed out for the leadership team, and I just wanted you to see that. Um, we, are, we are beyond a few of these steps already. Uh, but objective number one is to prepare for the logistical change that is going to take place when we move into our new facility. I mean, just the fact that we're going to be in a new building that we get to call our own, that in and of itself is going to make some changes. Some changes are going to come as a result of moving our cheese by the way that we currently do ministry into our own facility. You see, we've had to adapt into this, this model, setting up and tearing down and having a church office and how we do things. We've had to adapt. I want you to know that when we get in a building, whether we want to change or not, things are going to change. So I don't want to wait till we get into a new building and be reactive in our thinking. How are we now going to handle this change? I want us to look ahead and realize, hey, thank God, praise the Lord, all glory to Him, a building is coming. Say amen right there. Amen? Amen. That, that, just, that last meeting we had at City Hall and that thing being approved and us being able to move forward, I tell you, that was a huge hurdle to overcome. And now I'm kind of not even paying attention to that. It's the building team's responsibility now to get a building there. They got a green light. We're going, okay? Now, it may take some time to get it, and that's understandable, and we're going to be okay with that. Now my focus is on the ministry side of it. What are we going to do when we get in this new building? How are we going to do church? How are we going to reach our community for Christ? How are we going to carry out our vision statement, which is building these six families to carry out the Great Commission and the Great Commandment? How, how are we going to do that? Well, that... A little bit is what's being unpacked here in in this vision okay so there are changes that are going to come a second objective I have in sharing all this with you and this is why we're taking some time to unpack this is to build these six families or homes thus seeing people experience life change because at the end of the day that's what it's about that people's lives are impacted and changed as a result of introducing them to Christ and them coming into a relationship with him there's life change that's going to take place. But there's a second element to that. You see, evangelism is not just go share the gospel. There's a three-fold part of evangelism. Yes, we've got to share the gospel, but that's not enough, friends. Hello? We are also to mentor them and disciple them and grow them in the Great Commission. Not only are we to go and make disciples, but we are to what? Teach them all things. So part of evangelism... Matter of fact, one-third of evangelism is sharing the gospel, another third of evangelism is discipleship, and another third of the part of evangelism is fellowship, baptizing them, getting them connected into the local church, okay? So not only do we want to see life change happen as a result of sharing the gospel, we've got to understand that is not enough, okay? We must grow strong disciples. Notice I have that in bold. We want to grow to become strong disciples, Christ followers, life-impacting, life-changing disciples of Jesus Christ. It's going to change the way we live, 
change the decision process that we make in, as, as individuals. Why? Because now we now have a new Lord. Self is no longer on the throne. Jesus is on the throne. And we follow Him. That's what a disciple is. Okay? It's not just going to church on Sunday. It's living for Him every day. And we want to grow strong disciples in our fellowship and in our church. The third objective in all of this vision is to prepare for the numerical growth and thus preparing us for phase two of our development project. Uh, you know, out in the front there, you'll see uh, the, um, the, um, what's my, the master plan for all the development and everything that we're trying to do in this ministry. And there's three different phases on the construction side. Phase one is engaged right now. And hopefully and prayerfully, in a year or so, plus or minus 12 months, <laughs> That keeps me in the safety zone, okay? We'll, uh, phase one will be complete, and then we're going to move into phase two. But part of the vision here is to prepare for the numerical growth, the people that we are going to reach that's going to come into our church when we are able to have one of the greatest tools that any ministry has, and that's a building uh, to be able to use. And then the fourth objective is to be very proactive with God's most prized possession. What is that? the body of Christ. We don't want to sit here and just be in reactive mode. We just don't want to sit here and make knee-jerk decisions. We want to be, I want to be, very strategic in what we do in ministering to and shepherding and caring for God's most prized possession, the body of Christ. Okay? So that's some of, of the objectives that we're trying to do. Now let me look, look at the last part of it. Therefore, we want to be extremely biblical, very intentional, strategic in leading Victory Church. Remember, boy, get this one. Underline this one. Highlight it. Let it roost in your spirit and in your soul. We must not erect any sacred cows. Hello? Hello? And a lot of times people say, well, I don't have any sacred cows. Well, they don't until they realize someone has moved their cheese. Whoa, whoa, what happened? That's not how we've done church. Well, I enjoyed that. That's what, that was my baby. You know, when you get in an older church, Grandpa started that. Now, that, we're, we're too young to say that around here, but we'd say, I started that. Hello? I would say, stop being a two-year-old. Hello? Amen? There are no sacred cows. Hello? So let's be sure we don't erect any and worship any. And I'm amazed at how quickly we fall into worshiping sacred cows. You remember when Moses was on Mount Sinai, there with the Lord, and he's gathering and getting the instructions, the commandments from God, and the children of Israel at the bottom of the mountain, and Moses is up there for a while. Now, they can literally see the smoke on the mountain, okay? They can hear the rumblings. They know that Moses is engaged with a holy God. But it took them him longer than they thought it should take. So what they started doing, they said, I know Moses is up there doing that, but I'm going to come over here and I'm going to do this. What they start doing? Melting all their gold and their silvers and metals and what have you and erecting this sacred image that they were going to worship. Guys, let's don't do that here at Victory. Matter of fact, 
you know, we are going a particular direction on the ministry side of Victory Church. Please do not be guilty of saying, I know, here's, here's what I've heard some in the past. I know pastors doing this, but guys, when you do that, you're becoming a little bit guilty of having a spirit of rebellion in your soul and almost a little bit of sin because you're going to come over here. I know the church is doing this. I know pastors leading this way, but I enjoy this over here so much. Let's just have our little thing over here. Uh Uh-oh. Hello? So let's not be guilty of that, okay? All right? I'm talking about within the confines of the ministry of the church, all right? I'm not talking about what you do in your own personal time or whatever. I'm talking about within the ministry aspect of our church. So those are some of the objectives. I've got to move on. We may be unpacking this vision for six months, okay? All right. Look at some of my goals here. Some of my goals in unpacking and sharing this with you is to share my vision for the next five years of ministry at Victory Church. Maybe longer than that. Uh, but that's kind of a good target date. I think it's going to take time for this strategy to unfold. <clears throat> it's going to take time. It's, it's completely unrealistic to say 12 months or 18 months or two and maybe even three. I say three to five, but it's probably more five. And then, but I want you to understand, I'm, I'm an evaluating person. I evaluate everything, and I look at it over and over and over again. If it's not working, I want to know early. And we're going to tweak it and change along the way. So as we are tweaking it, or as we are moving towards this vision, there may be some tweaking that takes place along the way. And especially at the five-year point, I mean, that's going to be kind of an anniversary date to stop and really look around and evaluate. And there may be other changes that, you know, things we don't see coming that we're going to have to tweak and change, okay? So be flexible there. But here's another goal that I have. <clears throat> to leave with unity in our church family. Guys, I know many times we, we talk about the Lord's Prayer. And any time you hear the Lord's Prayer, we are almost systematically trained to, to immediately go to the Our Fathers. Right? Whenever we hear the Lord's Prayer, we think, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Great, great prayer. But I think we've labeled that incorrectly. That is a great model prayer. Remember, that came as a result of the disciples saying, Jesus, teach us to pray. And then he said, when you pray... Not if you pray, but when you pray, pray in this manner. And he gave them the model prayer. And I preached a whole series of messages on that. You can get the CDs on that. But it unpacks every systematic element of the model prayer. The Lord's Prayer is found in John chapter 17. If you really want to study the Lord's Prayer, go to John chapter 17 and read that. And you'll see that's where he's praying to his heavenly father and part of that prayer we find in verse number 21 is that he prayed for our unity look if you will john 17 21 this is the lord jesus praying he says may they all be one who's all all of those that are trusting in him all of those believers present and future may they all be one as you father are in me and i am in you may they also be one in us So that the world, get this, may believe that you sent me. Guys, you know what one of the the, um, miraculous signs are to a lost and a dying world, an unbelieving world, that that group of people is following Jesus Christ? You know what one of the signs are? That there's unity there. 
That they are in one mind, they are in one accord, there's unity in that group. It's a sign. Jesus said, I pray that they would be of one mind, that they would, they would be of one spirit, they'd be one in us as I am in you, so that the world, when they look at them, will see, because they are unified, that they are a part of us. They're followers of me. So that's part of my goals. That's one of my goals, that, that we stay in unity, and that's why we are... That's why we're not just hitting a light switch and changing immediately with this thing. That's why I've taken months already to share with the leadership team. I go back in my notes, and we can go back into July of this past year when we really started digging into intergenerational ministry and then the whole thing coming about as we've worked through it uh, through, even since that time frame. But it even goes back further than that. A third goal is this, to set an agenda and a timeline in place to begin now making the necessary changes which will enable us to do three things, to build these six homes, to develop spiritually mature disciples of Christ, and prepare for those the Lord is going to send our way. And I've already unpacked that. Turn, if you will, over to page number 13. <clears throat> okay, what's the solution? Here we go. Here's where the rubber meets the road. Here's how we're going to live this vision out, okay? Here's what's going to take place. And I don't know, I find this stuff pretty exciting, okay? Uh, when you realize that, man, you, you, you just know you've got some direction uh, from the Lord, and, and then there's able to, it's able to come into view. How, how we, what's our solution for all of this? How, how are we going to move forward with this? Well, it's called intergenerational ministry. Now, here's one thing we must understand. Please get this. I've underlined it. I put it in bold in your notes on page number 13. We must understand that we are not divorcing D6 or even changing to something entirely different. This is the intergenerational ministry is the development of the D6 strategy, the D6 vision coming to life. And I give the illustration there how it's like an old Polaroid camera and picture. You guys remember those things years ago? Big old things. I remember when I was a boy handing that thing to mom and dad's big old camera and they'd pull, pull this lens out the front. You remember that? And then, and then you'd take the picture and then out of the bottom you, you pull. You just pull this thing off and and you pull it out of the camera and, and you hold it. And I remember as a boy looking at this picture and I'm like, there's nothing there. And then mom would go, did you guys ever do that? Did you ever blow on the, on the picture? Fan it, wave it. That's what she would do. And then I would sit there and watch it. And over a period of time, it would get clearer and clearer and clearer. And boom, you could see exactly then what you just took a picture of over a period of time. That is a whole lot of what's taking place with this intergenerational ministry and what's taking place on the ministry side of our church, okay? <clears throat> so my prayer is, <clears throat> or this is exactly what's taking place in my heart as the Lord is leading me to lead His church. Um, many things are coming into focus. In bold, my prayer is that I can get you to see what I see. That's my prayer. And I am trying my dead level best to explain this to not be you know i'm kind of a i'm kind of a fast moving guy i mean it doesn't take me long to make a decision and it and just kind of i'm i am may, i am restraining myself and making myself slow down and that's why we're taking a few weeks here in this format you know Sometimes in the past, for those who have been around me long, you know, we make a decision. I stand up, hey, we made a decision. Boom, we're going this way. And I realized that there's some in the past that got lost in the wake of that. I don't want that to happen. I want unity. I want everybody to stay on board here. 
So I'm taking a little more time trying to move a little bit slower through all of this. I still know where I'm going. And I'm still confident we're going to get there. But I want to be sure that everybody's in the boat. Okay? As we turn this thing, I don't want, to, I don't want you to fly out. All right, I want, you, I want you to hang on and be able to make the transition with us, okay? So my prayer is that I can get you to see what I see. As I said in the previous paragraph, and this was more unpacking what I shared last week, we're not divorcing the D6 paradigm. This is not, here's what I shared last week, this is not an either or. Instead, it's a both and, okay? And here's what we need to understand. D6 is the concept or the philosophy, and agent is the application of that concept. It's really an, another element of how we're living out that whole D6, that D6 strategy, okay? All right, what you see at the bottom of page number 13 is our Victory Church milestone timeline. And notice whenever we um, first put this timeline together, it was in, uh, actually in, in August, and we started it there in September, and you, you obviously know we're well on beyond that now but that's kind of the timeline this was what packet we put together some of this for the leadership team i've added some other things for the congregation but um, here here's our timeline now in the following pages from pages 14 and following is be where you'll see where you where i am going to take the top header there of that timeline like vision casting month and you'll see at the bottom is december 10th or 2010 mixing up the adult sunday school classes january uh, and so forth and so on. I'm, I am taking the rest of the, the document that you're holding and unpacking each one of these headers. Now, there's a few little bullet points there to explain what's taking place there, okay? All right, so we're on the timeline. We're, we're still in vision casting month, although whenever we move into, into January, we're going to be into the uh, mixing up of the adult Sunday school. But let me explain. Don't, don't jump ahead of me too far. Yeah, if you will. We're going to jump ahead. Thank you. So you'll see that we're going to um, unpack each one of these headers there um, for these Sunday school classes, okay? All right, look, if you will, on page number 14. You can, you can go back and refer to the timeline. Actually, look at the timeline. Once again, I want to point out one more thing. You see the two stars there? We're calling that the day of jubilee, the day of rejoicing. Uh, what is that day? Well, the first star... The first sun there, that is move-in date into our first building, all right? And we're, we're making some changes up to that date, and then we're making some more changes after that date, okay? So that first sun is the development of phase one. Our first building's complete. We're now worshiping our, in our new building out on Scott Troy Road. That's the day of Jubilee. Fast forward to the end of that line, you'll see another sun. That's phase two. That's when we move into the development of, the, of phase two construction, which you'll see out in the foyer is the gymnasium and the educational wing and the big foyer. And, and there we'll, we'll be having worship service in our gym, our own gym, which I have a lot better set up than what we're... I know you're immediately thinking, now let me stop it. You're immediately thinking, we're going back to a gym setting. We are, I, yes and no, okay? I want you to know the way it's designed and developed. There'll be a stage built in. There'll be a door that comes down. Everything's set up, stays set up. Everything's not going to be set up and tear down the way we know set up and tear down. It's going to be a lot better. Trust me. Just trust me, okay? We've got a few years before we get there, and you'll be ready for it by then anyway, okay? All right, so anyhow, those are the two first sun stars. And, and uh, phase one, phase two, that's move-in date. All right, look on page number 14. 
Now, this is now through September the 10th. And, of course, once again, remember, this is when I, I was sharing this with our leadership team. And so, so you know, we're well past September the 10th. But this is what I was sharing with these guys. Um, during this time, from now to the last Sunday of no- November, my desire is to cast a vision and direction with you, the leadership team, so that we have unity. And then here's a statement about vision. And, boy, I love this statement. If there is a mist in the pulpit, there's a fog in the pew. Hello? we got to know where we're going. Amen? That doesn't mean we have all the answers for all the questions, but we know the direction we're going. All right? So if the leadership team can't see clearly the direction we're going, then we're going to have a hard time conveying this to our congregation and you guys having an understanding. Okay? Um, So as we have met with our leadership team is, last time we met at my house, we sat out there around a bonfire and I asked them, and we're talking about, does anybody have any question about it? Is everybody on board? And they're like, when do we do it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I just want you to know there's already buy-in there and, and, and we're moving forward with that. Okay? Vision casting month, November and December 2010, the next portion there. Take this time to cast the direction of the vision, which is what we're doing now. Uh, you'll see the 1030 worship service, what I did last week and 21, 28 and 5 December is when we're taking the Sunday school dates there. And that's kind of where we are now on the timeline there we're still in vision casting month okay and so be sure that you're here matter of fact this is being recorded we'll have it on our podcast first thing in the morning um you know other there's some more that aren't here they can listen to this get a better understanding um so we're trying to communicate this ever the best way we can all right here's the next change that's going to take place all right There's already been some change already taking place, but here's going to be the next change. Now, they tell me, now I'm not a pilot, and I'm not an Air Force guy, and I'm not an airplanes guy. Many of you are, and you far more experience and expertise in this area than myself, but, Tim, they tell me. And Tim used to travel on Air Force One with the president. He knows all about airplanes. And so they tell me, Tim, you correct me if I'm wrong, that a... About as as far as you can turn an airplane without causing some discomfort to the passengers, about, let me look, about 33 degrees. All right? You want to try to turn maybe a little less, but no more than that. All right? So what we're doing here in January, is that close? That's close? All right. He just don't want to correct me in front of everybody. He'll pull me aside and correct me. So if I come back and give you a different number, uh, you'll know I was wrong there, okay? Uh, But anyway, uh, I want you to know this is our first turn. Okay, and we're trying to strategically right now put some changes in place that will get us ready for our day of Jubilee. By the way, what is day of Jubilee? That's move in date. Okay, that's move into our new building, move in date. That's the day of Jubilee. All right. So we're trying now to strategically make some changes so that we are proactive on move in date to get ready for those that God's going to bring and to carry out our vision and to grow strong disciples and to reach the masses. Okay, so we're already making some changes to get ready for that date. And those are going to start in January. All right. So here is our first change. Hopefully that's comfortable for us all. In January of 2011. Now, we, we kind of have a title, Mixed Adult Sunday School Classes. That's somewhat misleading. I, I probably just scratch a line through that. I, I want you to look at the term IGN classes. Okay? Now, here's something. This sometimes gets confusing, so stay with me. Hold on. Okay? If you need to take notes, take notes. That's why I printed it out for you, so you'd have that right there in front of you. I want you to understand. 
The term IGEN classes is a temporary, transitional term. Okay? The term, you'll never see it again once we move out of March, after Easter. You won't see the term IGEN classes again after Easter. This is a temporary, transitional term to try to keep everybody comfortable so that you don't spill your coffee or your Diet Coke while you're traveling in the 747, okay? So I want you to understand, you're only going to see this term, intergener- or IGEN classes, for just a few months. It's a transitional term, temporary transitional term. That's important you understand that, okay? Because it's going to be a little bit different. Does everybody understand that? All right. So what does that look like? What do these iGen classes look like? Well, now that the iGen vision has been cast, it's time now for our adult Sunday school classes from the 20s. And and by the way, just so you know, in, in some terminology here, defining some of the terminology, whenever I use the term adult, I use that term and define it this way. All those that have graduated high school, I mean, even if you go to college, don't go to college, get a job, or even if you're at the age, you don't even finish high school, whatever the case may be. You know, my dad had 11th grade education, my mom a 10th grade education, and they did okay. So I'm I'm just saying that, okay? When you get to, how old are you when you graduate high school? 19, 18, 18, 17, 23? (laughs) You know, (laughs) whatever that high school age is, okay? That's what I'm defining as an adult. So whenever I say adult classes, don't automatically think Eldon's class, okay? Uh, I want you to think 20s, graduating high school, college, all the way up to the highest end of our classes, okay? So beginning then, all of our adult Sunday school classes, 20s, high school graduates, 30s, 40s, 50s plus, we're going to mix together and we're going to begin the biblical experience of intergenerational ministry, okay? Now, remember, a lot of this comes off what I shared with you last week. So it's very important that you have that concept and that, that paradigm, those biblical principles uh, kind of down pat. We're going to start experiencing that and begin the process of experiencing um, intergenerational ministry, okay? All IGN classes, get this, whenever we start these classes in January, all of the intergenerational classes, all the IGN classes, which, by the way, is a temporary transitional term, okay? In January, all of these classes will use the D6 curriculum, okay? So we're not changing curriculum. We're still using the D6 fusion fusion curriculum. I guess we are changing it for, that, for the college age that was using the Brink. Uh, they would no longer be using the Brink. We'll be using the uh, fusion uh, curriculum in, in all of our D6 classes. Uh, and by the way, I want you to understand, this curriculum is not just a, oh yeah, it's Saturday night, I need to read my lesson for Sunday morning curriculum. That's what the old traditional curriculum used to be. And I'll be honest with you, that's usually when I would read it. Saturday night, right before Sunday, even when I taught it. Oh, I've got to teach this lesson in the morning, I better find me some time Saturday night to read it. You ever been there and done that? Come on now, don't sit back there. Raise your hand. You been there and done that? We've all been there and done that, okay? Let's be real, okay? That is not what this curriculum is. This curriculum is a daily devotion, all right? 
I do my daily devotions out of this curriculum. There's something to do every single day of the week. It takes, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes, depending on how much time you want to put into it. There's some scripture you can read. There's a thought you can read. And, and this is, this, this is a, somebody, somebody asked me one time, this is just a couple weeks ago, Pastor, would you recommend a great devotion for me? I said, yeah, there. Well, I've already got that. That's my Sunday school. No, 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 no. That is a devotional guy. This is a devotional magazine. Okay, so let's be sure we're using it like that. Um, and, and most, I think Dave, I saw him this morning passing out the new, um, new uh, quarter of, of books. If you didn't get those, be sure to see Dave. And, uh, so anyhow, all of our iGen classes will use the D6 Fusion devotional um, magazine curriculum. Okay, now look at the next bullet point, if you will. And they'll all meet at 930 Sunday morning. Um, here, here at the school, all right? Now, here, here you, you remember when I told you this is not an either-or, but it's a both-and? We will still have age-graded Sunday school for our children. I just don't know of a better way to perfect educating, discipling, training up our kids other than an age-graded level. So it's a both-and. Remember, it's not an either-or. We're not going to kick them out of Sunday school and bring them, make them sit in your adult IGN class we're going to do something else with that. We're going, I'll get there later. But right now, they are going to stay. Matter of fact, from now till Jesus comes, or God calls me home, or whatever, they are going to stay in their Sunday morning, 9.30 slot, Sunday school class, age-graded class, okay? Now, I will say this. We are going to have some space logistical issues when we move into our building uh, as far as the luxury of classes that we're able to have, we're going to have to be creative and a little bit flexible there. But we still want to keep that as it is. So that's a, that's a, a both and, not an either or. All right? Remember, there is time, uh, even with, with Daniel and youth, there is times when, when it's be- very beneficial for us to keep age-graded teaching for different life areas that they're going through. Okay? So anyhow... The children's Sunday school will always remain the same. Throughout this entire vision, throughout this whole five years, the whole, everything, it will remain age-graded Sunday school for the children and for the young people. Now, whenever I, what, how do I define that term? From nursery to 12th grade. All right? We'll still have senior high. We'll still have junior high. We'll still have our, all of primary classes all the way down to nursery. They, they will still have Sunday school 9:30 on Sunday morning. That will all that will remain the same through this entire thing. Okay, so so you can understand that. On Sunday morning at 9:30, here, here's something you need to see. These IGN classes, which by the way is a temporary transitional term, you getting that? These IGN classes that are meeting on Sunday morning at 9:30, what they will be doing is they will study the fusion curriculum. We are going to, I'm going to talk to you in a moment about Selection Sunday, to use the ESPN terminology a little bit there. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about uh, how how we're going to select those. But here's what I want you to see. They will meet for only three months, January, February, and March. Okay? Now, Easter is the very last Sunday of April, and we're going to take the Sunday morning 930 slot just like we're doing right now in April to unpack the next part of our vision and give explanation on how we're making another transition after after April, okay? So the first transition we're making is uh, is a small change with IGN classes. 
which is a temporary transitional term that will end the last Sunday of March. In April, we're going to come back in a symbol here at 930. And I'm going to share with you the next part of our change that's going to be taking place and how we're going to transition a little further into this after the, immediately the week following Easter. Okay? So we're going to take that month of April, those three Sundays there prior to Easter Sunday, and our 930 time, we're going to come in here and I'm going to just speak again and share with you another change on how we're moving with, with our ministry and our church. Okay? Now... Um, the last three weeks, I'll be leading. Da, 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 da. Okay, and that's when I'll the, the, in April I'll be sharing with you about IGN groups and IGN apps. I'll explain that later. Okay, all right. Now remember, it's a both both and, not an either or. Um, therefore, the kids will say I've already touched base on that. Now let me get here. Here's a couple of dates you need to jot down. On Sunday, December the twelfth. On that Sunday morning. 9.30. On Sunday, December the 12th. This will be the Sunday before we select our iGen classes. But this is going to be iGen class training time. This is when I'm going to meet with every, all the adults once again, just like what we're doing. And I'm going to share with you what your class, the dynamics of it, what it will look like. And the direction we're trying to go there, okay? Uh, some of this is quickly coming on us, and we've got to put some time slots in. And so Sunday, December the 12th, 930 is our IGN class training for everyone, just so you can get all, so we're all on the same page. Sunday, December the 19th, jot that date down. Sunday, December the 19th, in our Sunday morning worship service, we will have IGN class Selection Sunday. And I'm going to share with you a little bit of how that's going to take place on that particular uh, Sunday a little bit later. I don't want to go there right, right now. Okay? Turn the page over to page number 15. From January 2011, not only are we implementing these IGEN classes, but there's another part of the ministry that's, that's unfolding here. You know, we're, we're blowing the Polaroid picture. It's getting clearer and clearer. We're seeing now what we're going to be doing. Here's where we're going to start iGen ministry, intergenerational ministry. Okay? That's going to start the first Sunday in January. During this time, we are going to introduce iGen ministry. Now, here's what iGen ministry teams look like. We are going to build ministry teams. Now, right now, we're just implementing this in our children's church worship time. Uh, my prayer is that intergenerational ministry takes place through the entire ministry aspect of our church, not just in this time slot, but this is where we're going to kick it off and start it. Hopefully there's a trickle-down effect and we start grabbing hold of this concept in every ministry that we do at Victory Church, okay? But here's the starting. Here's where we're kicking off, at, at kick off, kicking the ball we're going to start here. Now, these iGen ministry teams that will be serving in our junior church, in our children's church, which we dismiss about halfway through our worship service, and we have our children's church workers that go out. And instead of just selecting some individuals to go out and do that, we want to build, we want to be intentional. Remember, this is, this is all built around being intentional, being strategic, trying to go a particular direction on purpose. 
we want to build these intergenerational ministry teams. We're calling them iGen ministry teams, okay? We want to build these teams. And what they will do, they, for four Sundays, for one month, they will go every Sunday, for those four Sundays, out to work with Children's Church. Now, here's what an example of an iGen team would look like. And I gave it for you in your notes. We're going to have, for example, Eldon and Barbara, Jose and Cynthia, Tyler and Heather Lauderdale, and Kristen, my daughter, just by an example. I want you to see where we have a teenager, where we have some 20s, we have some 30s, and then we have some older. (laughs) Older saints. And what's happening is these families now are coming together to serve together. Now, here's what's going to have to take place before Sunday. At some point, this team has got to come together, and they've got to get a game plan on how they are going to work and run their junior church, okay, or their children's church. Now, they're still going to have the elements curriculum. We're still going to download that. It's all kind of ready there for you, but you've got to decide who's going to do the teaching, who's going to do the singing, who's going to do the skit, who's going to do the puppets, who's going to do whatever it is that's going to be done there in that time frame. You're working together. So what's happening now, we have sharing life and doing ministry together with not only the teenagers in the 20s and 30s, but the the older as well, connecting and getting involved with the younger, which I think is very biblical. And that, that comes back to one of the problems that I've seen in our church is that you can bring a child, put them in the nursery, they come all the way through the ministry of our church and never have any interaction, I mean, never have any intentional, strategic action with other generations of the church. Thus is the reason we're losing 80% of our high school students are dropping out of church and they leave because they're not connected with the church family. Okay, so that's part of what we're trying to do to address some of this issue and have this this IGN ministry team. Now, they'll serve for four weeks. I would love to see see us have 12 different teams where you just serve once a year. All right. Now, I don't think we're there yet, but hopefully and prayerfully, that's the goal. At least you would you would serve twice a year. Okay. Serve twice a year, okay? So that's iGen ministry, and there's a lot more to be said about really all of this, but I've got to stop. iGen classes is a temporary transitional term which will begin January, the first Sunday in January. Uh, We'll start those. uh, Sunday, December the 12th is an iGen class training slot. Sunday, December the 19th is Selection Sunday, and we're going to be completely transparent when we do that. Uh, We're going to have our selected leaders of those classes that will be up here. We're going to put names in a hat from the 20-year-olds, 30s, 40, 50. We're going to come through and we're going to pull out a family in the 20s, pull out a family in the 40s, and pull out a family in the 30s, and that's where you'll go for, for that, for that three-month segment, okay? That may be a little difficult for some. Remember, no sacred cows. The cheese has been moved, and we're going to start experiencing intergenerational ministry that's taught in the Bible of sharing life together across all generations. Because not only must the church equip the family, we must serve, help me guys, as a family. All right? Okay, I've got to stop right there. IGN classes we covered, IGN ministry we touched base on. Next Sunday, we'll talk more about what's going to take place after Easter. This is immediately after Easter, that week, we will move into IGN groups 
and there will no longer be IGN classes. We'll move into IGN groups that will move into the homes. We'll, in place of IGN classes, we're going to move in IGN apps. And those are life application classes that we're being very strategic in what we're going to be teaching still at that 930 time slot. So um, that's a little bit of what will be discussed next week, okay? Uh, let me say one key thing here. I want you to notice that even in our IGN classes, we have a church-wide start and stop time. We'll start on the same Sunday church-wide. We'll, we'll stop on the same Sunday church-wide. I want to go ahead and insert this. Whenever we move into IGN groups, you will not be involved in an IGN group, one IGN group from now till Jesus comes, and it will not be just that one group that goes to your house, and it will not be just that group going there and studying whatever they want to study. Okay? We've done small groups before. We had some success. We had some, some problems. I've analyzed some of the problems, tweaked it, made some corrections, which is why we're being very structured in how we're doing this. All IGN groups will have a start date and a stop date, and you'll see that at the bottom of page 15. And then they'll be off for a month. Then they'll come back together and have another church-wide start date, stop date, be off for a month. Come back again, another church-wide start date, stop date, be off for a month. And you'll have three months when you're out of a group. And you'll have nine months when you're in a group. But then you'll be in different groups as we can work those throughout all that time. That way, not only as our church grows larger, we're also growing smaller at the same time. Not only as our church grows larger and you only know these 15 people, but you will be in groups, hopefully and prayerfully, with everyone in the church. And that way you get to know everybody in the church so that no matter how large our church gets, we can not only equip the family but serve as a family. Okay? One of, the, one of the biggest problems for growing churches is they get so large people don't know any, anybody any longer. You know, and I'm a people person, and, and I want to know people, and I want you to know people. And so we're trying to address that issue, okay? I've got to stop. There's so much more I could say, but I've got to stop right there, okay? So be back here at 9.30 next Sunday morning. We'll pick up at IGN Groups and IGN Apps, and we'll move forward uh, through that, okay?